You are listening to the Utah Jazz Beats with Sam and Peeps, the ultimate podcast for diehard fans and passionate followers of the Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Sam and Peeps. What is up, everyone? This What's is up, the everyone? Utah Jazz Beats with Sam and Peeps, and it is Tuesday, October 3rd. We are a few days away from the Jazz's first preseason game. I'll tell you what, Peeps, I haven't been this excited for a Jazz season since last year. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to wait a whole year for it, you know? <laughs> so true. I mean, this has probably been the longest offseason Jazz have had in years. I mean, only by a couple of weeks because they kept on losing the first round. But still, yeah, true. <laughs> like it's been a uh, it's been a long offseason, it feels like, since we didn't make the playoffs. Oh, I am honestly just so excited that it's finally kicking off. I mean, technically, I mean, if you really want to talk about it, we have like what? three weeks until real season starts until we really see what's going on but it's nice to have something you know and honestly i'm definitely gonna be watching these preseason games because i have been missing my jazz (laughs) oh yeah for sure i mean i feel like obviously i always watch them but i don't know if i've been this excited for a preseason in like honestly like a decade or something like this there's actually something to really watch for with the guards and the competition and seeing who starts, seeing which guys make the team. So anyway, so, yeah, awesome. Sam, you are, you are always telling me that preseason sucks. That's not worth watching. That doesn't mean anything. And you know what? I don't know if I agree with you this year. I think I preseason mean, depends really on the team. This team. <laughs> True. <laughs> depends on the team, but yeah, you're right. I'm, a, I'm always like, eh, who cares? But this year, especially the guards, like it's going to be so interesting watching those five dudes just battle it out. So um anyway this week was media day that's why we're getting this episode out to you later uh for future reference we'll we're planning on releasing episodes on like saturday afternoons um so Mm -hmm. you know you can look for on saturday afternoons going forward but we want to do um episode on tuesday this week just because we had media day yesterday so we'll just get right into it we'll go through kind of what uh peeps and i both found to be interesting um stuff that stuck out to us all that so uh to start we can just go over like what will hardy and justin zanuck that press conference what were your thoughts on that on what they had to say yeah i mean uh, i'll start with justin zanuck just because obviously he did not speak as much as will obviously he's not as much of a guy within the with the players but i mean yeah one of his main points was that the roles on the team are changing Obviously, Will mentioned that a few times. You had players mentioning that. So, but Justin Zanuck, I mean, obviously was the first one to say it because he was the first one that had media day. But uh, they also, uh, he mentioned that they haven't talked about a timeline for the team. Um, Like, they haven't talked about checkpoints or like a success line that they want to get to. That was kind of Will's take on that as well. Um, But that's kind of what I got from uh, from Justin. And then on, uh, on Will's side, though, they uh he talked a lot about um focusing on the the group um and either he's like are we gonna be building from last year or are we going to be building towards something um so um that was one of his big talks and then also one thing that i thought was interesting was he said uh, you know obviously it was his season that he actually got to stay somewhere for once um, cause obviously he moved here last year and I think he only had one year as the head assistant coach the year before. So he obviously moved that year too. So he's always been traveling. So 
he said familiarity brings calm, but he has the exact same excitement for this year. So obviously I he was, was excited funny. last year. I thought it was funny when he oh wait, I just lost my train of thought. Never mind. Something was funny, but then I, I, I lost it. <laughs> he said something. It like that had to do with him moving. But anyway, keep going. I totally lost my thought. <laughs> and then uh I mean, I'll let you mention some of the, the big things he said about the you know the the training camp and what it is, because you're the one who texted me that first. But uh the other thing that I, I I noticed from what he said was some of on the tactic side of what his focuses were for the year is like incorporating John into the group and how does that change when he plays with Walker and then also trying to view the backcourt as a backcourt and viewing them in pairs, uh, not having just one guy bring up the ball. He was talking about that. Mike was kind of a crutch for the team uh, because he was doing all the thinking for the team and he made a pretty strong emphasis that no one player will be making all the decisions. And then uh, last last main thought I was going to say is Kessler even mentioned in his, because he was asked about Will and his um, kind of his demeanor compared to last year. Uh, but Kessler mentioned that his confidence was higher this year, just going into another year. And I think that adds with that familiarity. Just Will's been here before. He's more confident about it. Second year head coach. So. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, with like, over half of our guys being so much more familiar, I feel like that's just going to help so much. Like we, we can only go up from here. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who are just like stories that I've read or people that I have talked to just like friends, you know, that think the jazz are only winning like 30 games, 32 games around there. But like, I just don't see it. I mean, we I, pretty yeah, much no. just threw together like a bunch of misfits last season and you know won a lot of games we didn't make the playoffs but we won a lot of games and we were on track before uh we kind of shut everything down but i think that continuity aspect is just going to help a ton um mm-hmm. i did think it was interesting like you you mentioned it but just how he was talking about you can't have any like uh what do you say like preconceived notions just like he was pretty much saying that what he saw last year was Lowry and Kessler uh, playing with Olenek. Um, but this year, like they're going to be playing with John Collins. And so he can't go into it thinking that everything's going to be the same. Um, and I also think that gives like a more even playing field for the new guys that are coming in who are trying to prove themselves. And so I think mm-hmm. it's really good that he's not just going into it thinking like, this is how things are going to be. But he, uh, Coach Hardy really has like an open mind about everything. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was cool. And then going off of that John Collins comment, I and mean, he's obviously talking about John Collins playing with Kessler and and uh, Laurie quite a bit. Which I mean, we kind of knew this. Let's be honest. If if you used your brain a little bit, that Collins <laughs> would be starting. But I mean, with that interview, it made it really sound like Collins is starting. That they really view him as more than just a guy who got traded for nothing in a second round pick. So <laughs> you know, yeah, they like, see him as a big asset. I think Hawks fans and maybe even some of the national media sees it as a salary dump with Collins because his contract is worth so much and the Hawks are just trying to get him off the off of their books. But he's going to come in and be a contributor. You know, like he oh, yeah. is a legit player. Um, and yeah, like you said, they pretty much all but confirmed that John Collins is going to start next to Kessler and next to Markinen. Um, Olenek's obviously super good, um, and mm-hmm. he's he can help like the team a ton and he could be a great sixth man and all that. 
but uh, Collins is definitely coming in here and he's going to start. Um, and, you know, Will Hart basically said that when he said that those two are going to be playing a lot with Collins. Um, let's see here. I think like the main thing that was really interesting that I want to get your thoughts on was kind of uh, how basically he was asked, Will Hardy was asked, what's this training camp going to be like? Are you worried about like people yeah. kind of competing too much <laughs> and not being a team because everyone's going to be fighting for minutes? And he said, I know exactly what it's going to be like, and this is going to be the Hunger Games. And I, especially with the guards is what he was referring to is with those five guys, uh, Chris Dunn, Talonhorn Tucker, Keontae George, Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, like pretty much all of them are going to be fighting for minutes and it's going to be the Hunger Games uh, just like going at each other. What, what did you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, I was, I was just like, oh boy, yeah, like that makes sense. I just wish I could watch them playing like this week, you know, oh, me too. like have a live feed of their, of their practice and just kind of see what the, I mean, I'm curious, I mean, I don't think the dynamics going to be, you know, hateful in any way, but it is going to be very aggressive at like, I will be, you know, if, if you're on my opposing team, I will be taking you out. Like I will be playing better than you in every movement I make. So I would love to see that. Maybe we'll see that in that, you know, in the, in the Clippers games coming up. And I bet you we will. I bet you there'll be a lot of rotations. Probably no one will be playing over like, I don't know, 25 minutes, 20 minutes. I bet you everyone's going to get a pretty fair share just to really see what they can do. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. I bet, I bet there are rotations. I bet everyone will play pretty equal minutes. And I think he's going to try a lot of different combinations to see what works. Cause that's what you mentioned was how he said, there's no more like point guard. That's always taking it up. Um, And we're more worried about backcourt pairings. And so I think in these five preseason games that he's going to, try to mix and match every single combination of a pair of pairings that he can to see what it looks like out there. Um, and it might not necessarily be like the most skilled player starting or finishing, but it's just going to be whatever team like gels the best in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, that's right. Go ahead. I'll just, I'm just curious what it'll, it'll be. I've been, you know, wondering the exact same question. I've had the exact same question for, you know, weeks now. Who's, Who's going to be starting? I guess now the real question is who's not starting point guard, right? It's just who's the two starting guards. Yeah, because we were kind of like, we both kind of had a good idea of who would be like four of those guys, but we didn't know who the starting point guard would be. But now it's kind of like, I feel like we only know the front court and both guards. It's kind of up in the air, uh, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. I think with like what he values, with what Coach Hardy values, I think it's going to be whoever is playing the hardest, uh, playing as a team, and is playing on defense is is who I think is going to get the most minutes, is the guys that are just willing to really play as a team and not worry about their own stats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, sorry, before we move on, Before we move on to the, you know, the players now, I do want to mention, so Ryan Smith, obviously he hasn't done his own media day, which honestly I'm kind of surprised about. I was hoping that him and like Danny Ainge would do one. But he did go on a podcast last week called Business of Sport. And he said two things that kind of stuck out to me. Because obviously most of the, most of the stuff he talked about was like the financial, like the, the behind the scenes of like how teams work and how like the, you know, the business of the sport works. But he said, um, he's like, when I got here, like 
I really had to question like what our goal is of the jazz. Like, are we just going to be good or are we really going to shoot for it? Are we going to go, you know, go for the trophy? And uh, he said, I mean, this isn't probably a direct quote, but this is what I wrote down from what he said. And he said, we are going into our 50th season. We are not going to tiptoe into a championship. We are going to have to do some moves that maybe fans don't see in the beginning. And that's okay. If they believe in who we are and what we're trying to do. um, And what I know is that they'll be happy when they have a parade and we're hanging a championship banner. And he's like, I think they know that I'm all in. I feel that if Danny, myself and will, if we can't do it, then I don't know. He's like, but we're, we're rolling. We're ready. Like we're all in. And so to me, that means, all right, like, like, in the next few years, it sounds like, you know, Danny, like you made the comment today, like how long will Danny really be part of the jazz? He's kind of, you know, older, but it's like, <laughs> I bet you, I bet you like this run, like they're going to be putting in assets in the next few years, maybe hopefully next year. I don't know. And uh, we're really going to go for a championship run. Um, yeah, we'll I was going to say like as a jazz fan, that gets me like so freaking excited, <laughs> you know, I mean, because no one wants the jazz are pretty much been known as that team that's always good in the regular season they're on every list of like taught like most wins without a championship in this many years you know you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. it's just like i don't care about these regular season wins obviously we need to win to get to the playoffs but like all that matters is building the team that's going to win in the playoffs not one that's going to fizzle out in the first or second round every year so i mean even if this rebuild like if they actually do go all in and they're doing everything they can to win and it falls short, like I feel like I'd be more satisfied with that than a team that is willing to be above average every year, but knows that they're not going to win anything. Yeah. And uh, okay, here's a second comment. He says, we uh, talk about Utah. He said, we are the number one fastest growing state, the youngest state, number one economy in the U S uh, it's been that way for eight of the last 10 years. And he said, there is nothing small market about Utah. So he doesn't see our team as just some team, like kind of like you're saying, like, like we're, we're good in the regular season. We're not good in the playoffs. I kind of think those correlate, but like he sees us as like a legit team. We're not just a small market team on the side, but we're here to win. We're here to make a name for Utah. Now we just need, so, uh, now we just need other players to, also see utah as a big market <laughs> true yeah <laughs> but that, no yeah that's the, that's the harder part <laughs> yeah but i mean it really makes sense what he's saying honestly like everything that he just laid out like we are not what we once were as a state you know yeah um and then there was just one wait was that everything with uh that's all i was gonna say yeah Uh, okay yeah there was one other thing that i was gonna mention about um coach hardy and something that he's made pretty clear, whether in this interview, um, other podcasts he's been on, is he just doesn't really believe in giving rookies free minutes. Um, I know like a lot of fans, not just of the Jazz, but of all young teams, they just want to like hand stuff over to the rookies and just see what they can do and see if they can develop them like while playing, you know. Um, but yeah, Will Hardy's not going to do that. Like if there's anything that he made clear, it's that they're they're coming to win this season and so if the Mm -hmm. rookies are playing it's because they literally went out there and they earned that job in training camp and throughout the year 
and if they're not playing then it's because they're they're not good enough and i mean i wouldn't be surprised to see uh justin zanuck and danny ainge like go out and uh trade some of some of our guys to force the rookies to play to kind of force coach hardy to to play them um but yeah i do think like if we see keontae george out there playing like 25 minutes on opening night then you know like they really see something in him and that he really is awesome and along with the other two rookies as well but anyway that's just kind of I like it because I hate that some players just come in and they're given like the keys to the castle and to the kingdom without really proving anything. Mm-hmm. And I think like they have to earn the respect like of the vets. Like they're not just going to be giving it and playing over them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, we can go. We can just talk about a few of the players, stuff that we thought was interesting. Uh, we'll start with John Collins. I, I can talk about this first. This was my favorite interview of all the players. Um, I've obviously watched John Collins in Atlanta, but he was never, I was never like, oh, wow, he like, he's my favorite player. But after this interview today, he just seems like a dope guy. Like, he just seems super down to earth. And I think what's really exciting is that he is a really, really good player that seems excited to be here uh, in I think it was maybe even the first question. Tony Jones of The Athletic was like, well, for those of you who don't know, uh, John Collins was born in Utah. And he was born in Layton, but he his family moved away and he's very young because he comes from like a military background. And so it's not really like home. But uh, Tony Jones was kind of saying that to him. And John Collins was like, no, 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 don't say that. Like, I identify with Utah. I associate with Utah. I am utah um is essentially what he was saying and so he was like in a way i'm coming home yeah yeah he was there kind of (laughs) how it's a full circle moment and i just thought that was so cool because like utah is the butt of every joke (laughs) essentially when it comes to players like everyone is just always kind of crapping on utah for whatever reason and so it's really cool how it was just like a full circle moment um I, i saw something else that was interesting was how he was talking about the lack of ego here. Um, he says it's really refreshing, which I think is probably shots fired at Trey Young and DeJounte Murray a little bit in Atlanta. Um, I mean, while he was in Atlanta, John Collins' role really diminished a lot. And I think a lot of it was because those other two guys really wanted to be the star of the show. And so he's really excited to be on a team where there's no ego, which I think is great because like Larry Markinen, he's, really good but he is probably the most humble guy on the team walker kessler's probably the second best player on the team and he's also just a really humble down-to-earth guy so i think it just like shows what kind of character our locker room has that john collins is even pointing that out um he's just really excited about team basketball and i thought it was interesting because we had a podcast a little bit ago talking about john collins and our expectations and how he's really um how basically his stats have gotten worse like almost every year since I think his second or third year. Uh, but he was saying like, what do you expect when your usage rate is just dropping and dropping and dropping? Uh, if they're not using you as much, obviously you're not going to put up as many points. And then they were asking him like, do you think you can get back up to being a 37% shooter from three like you once were? And he pretty much said, yeah, definitely without a doubt he can do it. And he kind of explained that once you stop shooting it as much and you get out of a rhythm, then you're not going to make it as much. And so I think there we don't have as much need to worry as maybe I was feeling a few weeks ago, or I was like, I don't know if he can be that same player or if it was a fluke back then. But I think 
with Will Hardy really unlocking him and allowing him to be free like he has with every other player on our team, and he can really reach his full potential. So anyway, I'm super excited about John Collins. He just seems like he's really excited to be here. He wants to be part of our future, and it's it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I feel like I loved his comment. I mean, he made it pretty close to start, and I think it was maybe just when he was sitting down. But he's like, oh, I, f- I feel like a rookie again. He's like, there's a new staff, new environment, which kind of is just like a kind of what we were talking about before. It was just the, you know, he got a breath of, breath of fresh air. It's, you know, a second take on, on his basketball career. And he probably is just like, yeah, like this is this is new to me. Like, let's go for it. You know, it's just probably just a new enhanced excitement. Um, and kind of go into what you were talking about on the, uh, oh, where, where did I say it? His usage rate. He yeah. said, like, he was just talking about, like, he's like, I, I thought I was doing a good job, but then, you know, obviously his usage rate was declining. And then he said, at one point, it was lower than his rookie season. And in my head, I'm like, I bet you he was like, oh, shoot, like, like what's going on? <laughs> you know, like, that was probably like a reality check moment. So having that right before he comes to Utah, pretty much, I'm, uh, you know, his, obviously his usage rate is going to go up significantly. Um, well, hopefully, I guess we could say. But uh, I mean, I bet you uh, that will further his progression. Um, some I mean, other like, things. Um, just like talking about the usage rate, just from like you and I as normal people, like imagine you're at a job and at first you are like really impressing your boss, you know, and like they're like, wow, this new guy, John, he's really awesome and he's really impressing us and we're going to start giving him more and more responsibility. And we're going to start asking for his opinion and uh, we're going to start promoting him. And then suddenly, after a while, they just stop talking to you and they stop giving you responsibilities and they really don't care how you're doing or what you're doing. They don't really care about you as a person, it feels like. Like, I know if it were me, like, I would just be so frustrated, you know, and my Mm. production would obviously go down if they're not using me as much in that role. And so I just think of it like, as us as normal people, like, He's still a human, so that's probably kind of where he was coming from as well. Yeah, and I mean, and uh, I thought to his uh, his take on um, they said like, what is he most excited for? Like, what is he looking forward to the most? He said like playing with really good bigs. He was talking about like playing with Laurie, playing with Walker, and you know, and I was just like, you know, that's cool. Like, he's excited just to play with some players. He's just being a humble guy. And it sounded like, I mean, go back to the ego thing. Like he's just, he's here to play. He's here to, to, I guess you could say fit into a role um, in the sense of get along with the guys, know what he needs to do and just, and just, uh, and just, you know, work hard and, and, uh, you know, help the team win. And I think positivity is, is a part of that. And he really did bring that, like he's, he just felt confident and comfortable in it. So yeah i mean his attitude it's really it's just awesome to see like he's he's obviously really excited to be here and i think he's gonna make like a really good impact if nothing else like in the locker room like he's gonna be a leader and just a good guy Uh all righty uh you want to talk about kelly a little bit oh sorry walker kessler that's what i meant okay well let's talk about walker kessler all right i when he sat down I remember that he is a goofy guy, right? And he is just fun to listen to interviews about, right? And like just hear his interviews. Cause he sits down, he's like, 
oh, and someone asked like, hey, well, you know, what was the groan for? <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, I'm just getting old. Like my grandkids are, you know, <laughs> he's like, he's like, all oh, my grandkids are, you know, treating me hard or treating them rough. <laughs> he's just goofing off, right? I think he was like making a joke about one of the reporters at one point. I'm just like, I love watching his interviews. So when he finally gets he's paired so up, funny. With, <laughs> he's so funny. When he gets paired up with Laurie, that's even better. The sheriff. Oh my and gosh, guy. they are perfect. What do together. they call Laurie? Uh, the finisher. The finisher and the sheriff. Yeah. And they had a comic they book and everything about books. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, anyways, so I loved it when he sat down, and then the, then they, uh, you know, asked him about FIBA, and he sounded like he was pretty positive about it. I'll be honest, but he definitely did give off. Like he said it multiple times. He's like, yeah, like I, I didn't play as much as I was hoping, but like he said, it gave him confidence going into the year, and he was able to learn how to play with new guys, learn how to play with new guys' style. Um, so I bet you he kind of was a little disappointed that obviously he didn't get used as much as he thought he could be used, which honestly, I thought he could be used more as well. Oh, but he should have. Honestly, we could, we couldn't I, get a rebound. So. No, and I, honestly, I bet you he, uh, he probably learned quite a bit from the other players. I mean, under Steve Kerr and you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how his game changes. Um, one comment he did make about, I mean, kind of you're, you brought up, we were going to talk about Kelly for a second, but he was asked about athleticism or like who's, who's more athletic, Kelly or Collins. And Kessler's like, oh yeah, Collins is definitely more athletic than, than Kelly. And then Kelly in his interview, someone, you know, told him about it. And <laughs> Kelly's like, Kessler does not know the definition of athleticism. <laughs> He's like, these young kids think it's all about running and jumping. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, you know, Kessler or uh, Kelly brought up that he has a bronze medal, which he can use ammo, you know, as ammo in his pocket over Kessler, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Because obviously it sounds like there's a relationship there that's built over the last year. And they're able to play together, have a good time. Made it sound like Kelly, you know, was good with maybe where he was if he's coming off the bench this year. Like he's fine. Like he's just having a good time and he's he's willing to play and just kind of work. And yeah, yeah. No, it was super funny when the reporters told Kelly that that's what Kessler said. He was like, he was like, Walker said that, and he was like, he was so offended that he, that he was told that he was less athletic than John Collins. Which, like, he definitely is less athletic than him, but he's just got a lot of skills. Uh, but, yep. <laughs> but it was it was super funny. Um, but yeah, back to Walker. Like, I think that Team USA, like, playing all summer was really good for him. Um, you know, he's obviously gaining weight just because he's still a young dude um, who's still, you know, just growing and fitting into his frame and everything. So it sounds like he's about 15 pounds heavier now than he was at the end of the season and obviously that's all like muscle and strength based and so I think there were times last season where you could see that he was just like not as strong as some of the guys that he was either posting up on or that he was guarding like he could get back down um and so I think gaining that strength and more explosiveness is really going to help him improve even more this year um something that Will Hardy was taught saying about Kessler is that you know he had uh, he was really impressed with him for sound like about half the season, but that now it's really up to like, he really wants him to be consistent. And Will Hardy was kind of saying, that's what makes the great ones great is that they can bring it every single night. And then um, 
either they're on the same wavelength or they've had this conversation because Kessler said that that's what he really wants to work on too, is he just wants to be consistent every single night. He said, you can't expect to play your best every single night, but that you can always impact the game in a positive way. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I think that's something that we can kind of all watch for with Kessler is like, is he going to be that consistent double-double guy? Is he going to find a way to always impact games this season? And I think he will. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, going back to the Will Hardy, I mean, he said that, uh, oh, what did he say? Um, that, obviously, Walker's, like, uh, fitting into his frame. He was like, obviously, guys are going to be growing in size just because they're, you know, uh, just growing up like they're young in that sense. But then he's also talking about, he's like, we all remember the last 30 games of the season. Like that's kind of what we think of as last season, you know, and Walker Kessler was being a boss and all that stuff. But what Kessler was saying, and obviously what they've probably had a conversation about, right. And Kessler's like, I want to hit the ground running kind of like what you were just saying. I want to hit the ground running, show up every night and be consistent. And uh, I feel like, yeah, he, he sees himself as someone who, those last 30 games are a representation of who he was, and he wants to show that for 82 of them. Yeah, for sure. So, And then I think kind of like something that's good about this team is that we had seven guys playing FIBA basketball, and so there's there's like going to be no rust with our team. Everyone's going to already be in really good shape coming into the season. Everyone's been playing a lot. Um, while, you know, we've seen with other guys how they come in and they may be like a little bit overweight or they may be a little rusty. Um, since we have all these guys playing FIBA for the last six weeks, then they're all just going to be in really good shape. So that's uh-huh. kind of just one little perk of them playing all summer long. Yeah, talk about talk about that. I, I think it was so today or whatever, but I saw that Jokic like said something like, Oh yeah, I've picked up like the ball twice in the summer. It's like, but you know what? He's probably still going to be NBA status even without <laughs> picking up the ball. So I don't think most guys are like that. That's not normal. So it is nice that all of our guys have been playing basketball. Seriously, <laughs> uh, I mean our guys need it too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We don't have pure talent like Jokic. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if that's, that's talent something... at that point. That's just a gift. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I know that you love Jokic, but I seriously cannot stand this whole shtick of I hate basketball. Like <laughs> it's so annoying. It's like I bro. think it's hilarious. I think it's. So I used funny. to think it was funny, but now I just now I just get annoyed by it. I'm like, dude, like. You're super good at basketball. Everyone knows that you actually enjoy doing this. Uh, like he was asked, he's they're like, was this the funnest summer of your life? And he was like, no, it was the opposite. I had to work for an extra two and a half months. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> shut up! Like, come on, you were just the finals MVP. You got like, the championship. You, yeah, like shut your mouth. Anyway, <laughs> that's that just bugs me. But most people think it's hilarious, <laughs> including me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay was there anything else you want to talk about with kelly or kessler before we got (laughs) let's switch over to keontae okay um yeah let me yeah so i thought it was good um keontae one of the first things that he was asked was about his goals for the season and he said he wants to go out and he wants to win rookie of the year so that's that would be amazing like if he had a donovan like rookie season uh, or he just comes in here, he is surrounded by lots of talented guys with kind of an open guard spot, and then he can just really 
you know, be a flamethrower. That's what Chris Dunn called him and just like get buckets. Oh. And that would be, that would be amazing. Um, I also like that he kind of broke down how summer league went for him. Obviously he was really good, but he said he watched a lot of film on it and that he knows that he needs to be more locked in defensively, which I think everyone can agree on. That was kind of his weakness, uh, especially off ball. Like if the guy who's going to have the ball, then he was really kind of lax on that end. And so it's good that he, you know, noticed that, that he's working on that. And then I was also happy to hear um, when they were talking about him or when he was talking about it was that the game slowed down for him. And so he was able to make a lot of the right reads. And I just thought that was interesting because if, you know, he only played a few games and he felt like he was already seeing things slow down and things were already becoming easier for him that, you know, just like if he can really adjust that quickly at the NBA level, then he'll be in a really good spot. Um, yeah, he, he was saying there's a confidence about that after like watching the film. He's like, yeah, I got more confident with, with the game yeah. slowing down. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and then something that I just thought was funny was that he says the player he's most excited to play against is Westbrook. And I mean, you like, you like Westbrook anyway. And so I thought that would interest you, but also like he's playing against Westbrook in game one, like his very first NBA experience will be game against one and two as his idol. Yeah. Like the for first the, two games. The, yeah, him and Westbrook. So I, I, I bet he's, I bet he's pumped. I bet he's gonna come out like guns blazing. So, <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other thoughts about him? Yeah, I mean, uh, he he made two other comments that were uh, I thought they were cool. He said, I don't remember which coach he said, but he said a, a coach said uh, that the main thing was to determine that will determine the success he has in the NBA is getting used to NBA physicality. Um. And then touching on what you were saying about the defense, I think that really is a big determining factor of his minutes, right? Um, and I think, obviously, he could be really good offensively, but if he's not going to be able to guard their their guards, then, I mean, he's going to get taken out of the game after he gets, he gets you know, dunked on or, you know, gone around or whatever a few Especially times. Especially as a rookie. Like you really can't get away with it, you getting know? it posterized, which is something you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, that 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 was my thoughts on Keontae. Nothing. Uh, uh, I mean, he uh, he did say he was all here from his injury too, which is pretty nice. Oh, he said he's ready yeah. to go. So that's the good news. All of them did. And then this wasn't really from his interview specifically, but just in general, a common theme that I got throughout was that people, the other his teammates, are just really impressed with him. Uh, I mean, a lot of time they were asked just because all the beat writers are so invested in how the rookies are going to do. Um, but a lot of people think that he's going to be awesome. Chris Dunn sounded like he was super impressed with him. Um, and then there was like someone else. I forgot who it was, but there's another player that he was talking about. Keontae is really like stuck out to him. And then just reading all the articles from the beat writers, like they're all saying that he has been really awesome in their open gym um, kind of games in September. And so, so far, like, sound like he dominated summer league. Sounds like he's made a really good impression in the training or pre-training camp, like the OTAs, the open gyms. Um, Mm -hmm. And so obviously like we can take it all with a grain of salt, but it's not a bad sign that he has been dominating at every level he's played at so far. So that's pretty exciting as well. Yep. Um, I agree. All right. Oh, yeah. Did you want to talk about the story with Clarkson? <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, man, that was, uh, I mean, on the Clarkson side, so he can, you know, he comes in, um, 
And one of the questions was like, hey, so, you know, last year, one of your most unique experiences was, you know, I think it was, he was, I guess he was in a fashion show. I didn't know that. He was going down the, the, the runway fashion carpet runway. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, I, I know I, my fashion shows. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> Anyways. So he's going down the runway, but this year he's like, he's like, I don't even know if this is unique, but. Uh, one of the things that happened to me was I was on tour with, uh, with my girl and we're in Germany and, and she's a musician, I guess. And they're on the bus, the tour bus and the driver had something happen and like fell asleep, passed out something at the wheel bus crash. And he's like, yeah, the bus was like this, you know, down the hill. And like, you know, everyone's fine. <laughs> but He's like, yeah, it was, it was he's like, I don't know if it was unique, but like, it was definitely something. He's like, I was stuck at like a gas station for like 14 hours while we were waiting for a new, new bus driver. <laughs> he was just super casual. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah what that's, that's what's so funny about him is he's so nonchalant about like the craziest things that happen. And it was super funny because he was sitting here like laughing about the whole thing. Um, and all the writers and all the interviewers are like, Oh my gosh, like, is everyone okay? And he was just, he was just like, Oh yeah, yeah, they're fine. But everyone was oh, yeah, like, he didn't do it. He didn't do a mention that we're all okay. <laughs> they're like, Whoa, is everyone okay? <laughs> yeah. People are like thinking that like people are dead and he's like, ah, no, we're, we're chilling. Oh, it was yeah. so funny. Oh, I loved uh, it. Oh, that's funny. And then the last player that we were going to kind of focus on a little bit was Ochai Abaji. I know that you were, uh, had a lot of thoughts about that. So. Okay, that, honestly, his interview for me was the one that stood out the most. So, I mean, yours was Collins, mine was Ochai, and the reason I thought Ochai's stuck out to me the most is he came down, he said, I mean, you got to remember, he's a sophomore in the league, right? He's been here for one year, he really didn't see that much usage from the Jazz, um, and Especially so he came down. Yeah, for yeah, exactly. But he, you know, he sat down and ha- was loaded with confidence, and it didn't feel like ego centered confidence, but just like confidence that he was he was here. This is his team, and he's going to be a you know a really big part of it. Um, and he was saying like a thing he just kept bringing up was his leadership. He was asked, what are you most confident in? And he said, "My most the, the thing I'm most confident in is my leadership. He said he wants to be someone who is looked for or looked to for confidence. To, he wants to make sure everything's aligned. He wants to be making oh, the right plays, lead by action. Connection. And he said that's his role on the oh. team. Like when he was asked about the role, it was literally to be a leader on the team. And I was just like, yo, fam, you're a sophomore on the team. And you're talking like this, so I don't know if he's had discussions behind closed doors. I don't know what. Maybe he just thinks he's starting. I don't know. But he just came out and definitely stood out to me for the media, the uh, media day. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Sorry, I think I dropped for a second, but I'm, I'm with you now. But okay. uh, anyway, you know, like my, my audio just like stopped for a little bit. But, so I didn't know if you'd ask me any questions, but I think we're good. Oh. <laughs> nothing yet (laughs) (laughs) okay no yeah i thought that was interesting and i think it kind of makes sense um because if you look at kansas he's player of the year at kansas he was there for four years um he you know he was the leader of that like championship kansas team and so i think that he's had a lot of experience in his life especially in college and i'm sure in high school as well of 
being a leader of the team. And so that's probably something that one of his skills, you know, like leadership is obviously a skill. Um, and so I think that that's really what he can bring to the team, even if maybe his shot's not falling, like he can play hard, be a good example and really lift other guys up. Um, if I recall correctly, it was him that also talked a lot about having a good attitude. You know, he talked about how throughout last year, like his role changed a ton, you know, uh, you know, for a while, for like 40 games, he was in the G league. And then suddenly Mm -hmm. they brought him in and they just wanted him to kind of stand in the corner, shoot threes and play good defense. And then once everyone got traded, they're kind of like, all right, you're our number two option. (laughs) You know, like you are one of our guys that we're going to all the time. And so I think um, throughout that, like he could have had a really bad attitude, you know, 20 games in when he was probably thinking, great, I'm never going to play an NBA minute. But you know what? He stuck with it. He had a good attitude. And I think, that's kind of what leaders do. So I think that he, even though he is uh, young in terms of years, like I think that he could be a really good leader for the team. And I think it really shows that if Will Hardy and him are having these conversations, that they really see him as a piece that's going to be here for a long time. Yeah. I hope that the rookies saw that too. Cause I mean, you got three rookies that could be in the same situation as him who see a lot of time in the G league, uh, but him coming in with being super positive super confident about the whole thing. Like if they see that, like, Oh, I can, I can achieve that in my second year, you know, then they're going to have something really, I guess you could say close to look forward to. It's one year away and they can have a a nice goal. Kind of see what's possible. Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, I'm really excited to see Ochai. I mean, he's, if anyone's looking jacked, he is (laughs) like, he is looking swole. (laughs) Dude, When I saw him during a summer league, I was like, like bro he's he's put on muscle this summer yeah Crazy. he really has um awesome yeah so before we kind of move on i'll just i'll just touch on mark and then real quick because he is the best player on the team um i'm not gonna lie like marketing he's not the most entertaining when he's like talking to the media <laughs> and so that's why we don't have as no. many thoughts on him but we love marketing but he's just more of a soft-spoken guy you know he's he's no kessler with the mic <laughs> but um <laughs> i think really the main focus for him was like he is gonna have to kind of be the leader like everyone knows coming into this year that he is the number one option he's the best player on this team uh as of right now and so really kind of just like with Ochai, a lot of his was about how he needs to step up. He needs to become a leader. And I did think it was interesting because, I mean, he mentioned himself that he's not someone that's going to get in your face, yell at you, cuss you out, anything like that, but he's just going to lead by example. And so I'm really interested to see how it goes with him this year, with him stepping up. I really want to see him be more demanding. Like, uh, I just feel like he was really passive last year. He had a great year, but I feel like in clutch moments he wasn't like demanding the ball like saying give it to me i'm gonna get a bucket i would like to see more of that this year i would like to see when he's getting fouled i want to see him screaming at refs you know all of that like i want him to actually internalize that he is a star player um because sometimes last year even though he was a star it didn't seem like he really knew that he didn't have the mentality if that makes sense he didn't look like it kind of thing yeah on the court he did but he wasn't he yeah he wasn't he wasn't like walking like a star i guess you'd say yeah so that's the main thing i want to see from from marketing in this year i mean we also last year last year he had a crazy jump you know he won most improved player so i think you and i both want to see 
and maintain that and keep improving. We really don't want it to be kind of a fluke. Um, and so, mm-hmm. anyway, I, I think we'll both be really interested to see how Markkanen is this season um, because it just was such a crazy jump last year. Um, cool. Yeah. Were there any final takeaways that you wanted to mention before we kind of talk about the um, league in general? Yeah, I kind of want to sum up uh, kind of my thoughts on me today. I had three main points that I kind of felt were repetitive through multiple people, be it, you know, Will Hardy, be it the players, whatever. But it was my main takeaways were leadership, being comfortable, and being flexible. So, like, leadership-wise, these are the ones I wrote down. I feel like more people talked about it than just what I wrote down. But Ochai talked about it. You know, he talked about being... Obviously, the leader on team, I, I touched on that quite a bit, just barely. Collins talked about leading by example. Laurie talked about that. Hardy has talked to him personally and said that, like, you know, you need to be more vocal, but do it in your way. Chris Dunn talked about that he wants to be a mentor and a teacher to young players. Uh, being comfortable. Kessler talked about that there was a sense of a sense of comfort coming back to the, to the Jazz this year. Ochai... I mean, obviously look comfortable just from the way he was doing that interview. He felt comfortable and confident with the team. The quote from Will Hardy, that familiarity brings calm. Clarkson, he kind of made the comment. He's like, no one had any idea what was going on last year. And it made it sound like that he was more comfortable this year because he kind of knows like they're coming back with the same group. They have a good group. And he just, yeah, felt confident with that. And then the, the being flexible, obviously, Zanuck touched on it. Hardy touched on it. Uh, Collins touched on it when he was kind of saying like he wants to improve his game all the way to be a stretch three. Um, and then Kelly was talking about being versatile and filling in where, where he needs to be. So that was kind of my takeaway. Yeah, no, totally. I think there were a lot of common themes throughout media day, which is good because I think it shows that a lot of the players are <clears throat> on the same page, have the same mindset, want the same things. And then, um, yeah, I was going to mention some of those things. And then the last thing that I was also going to mention was that it seems like they won't really come out and say this, especially Coach Hardy didn't. But I think kind of the goal for this team, it sounds like, is to make the playoffs. Like that is that was another common theme. Will Hardy, he just <clears throat> said, make no mistake, we're going to win as much as possible. Um, you know, last year, I think there were, the fan base was probably split in half, that half of the fans wanted us to lose every game. And half the fans want us to win every game because they want us to get a good draft pick, you know. But this year, mm-hmm. like, no one is talking about the potential of tanking. Uh, I remember in last year's media day, they asked Jordan Clarkson. They were like, hey, um, what's your goal? Like, is it to make the playoffs? Uh, that's what Malik Beasley said. And he was like, he was like, I mean, I don't really have a goal for this season. Like, we're just going to come out and see what happens as a team. Like, we're just going to poop and just see where everything falls. But this year, like Clarkson was like, yeah, I want to be in the playoffs. Markkinen, he's never been in the playoffs. He really wants to make the playoffs this year. They're all bought in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then John Collins, like he was like, my whole goal is to lift that trophy at the end of the day. And he's like, I'm here to do that. And so anyway, at the end of the day, like every player on this team, like they want to win this season, which is really refreshing. I mean, kind of coming into the rebuild in general, we thought maybe you know, like three years till we got in the playoffs again, but like maybe two years, but right now we're taking one season off and then everyone's kind of expecting that to happen. And it's going to be super tough. Like 
if we get in, I think it's going to come down to like the last couple of games, but everyone seems like they really want it. Yeah, the West is the West is tough. So we'll have to see what happens there. But uh I think we can. I I bet you I mean, I feel like we can get to the 6th spot and have just the straight playoff without doing the play in, but I don't see us getting higher than that. I'll be honest. Oh yeah. I'd love to see 6. I I think 6 is totally be totally reachable with this group. Yeah, I mean I'll be honest, I don't think we can get to six. <laughs> uh, I I would say, like, the best we can do, I think, would be the eight um, and have to really play. Our, we have to play our way in. Like, I think we'll be in the play-in, and then we're going to have to win to get in the playoffs. You, you got to remember this, though, Sam. Last year, the five through the nine spot got confirmed on the very last day of games last year. The five through the nine. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it's possible. But I also, though, like, the West is even better this season than it was a year ago. Like, there's so many good teams. So, I mean, honestly, like, nothing really would surprise me. Like, the only thing that would surprise me is if the Jazz had, like, home court advantage in the playoffs. But, like, that that would shock me. (laughs) But besides that, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see us land anywhere between like six and 12. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think we will get in the play in the play in, but I mean, nothing would surprise me with just how loaded the West is this season. Um, all right, cool. Yeah. So we're, I was just going to mention this week, um, the jazz are in Hawaii doing training camp at BYU Hawaii at their campus there. Um, so they're having some fun and then they do our first preseason game is on Sunday against the Clippers. I'll just go through mm-hmm. our schedule real quick. So we're playing the Clippers Sunday in Seattle. And then again on Tuesday, I believe in Los Angeles. And then our first preseason home game is going to be against the Blazers, against Scoot, which will be fun to watch. Um, and then it'll October 16th, we're playing the New Zealand Breakers at home. And then our preseason finale is on October 19th against the Sacramento Kings. So... And then we open regular season against the Kings. So that'll be kind of a good preview of the season opener. And I think we play Clippers right after that, right? Is it Clippers our second game? Uh, I'm looking at the schedule. Let's Let me double check. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so that's kind of funny. Kings, so we play, Clippers. We play sons. Sacramento and Clippers, and we just play those a bunch at the very start. Yeah, I feel like we're so. seeing those teams all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to talk about uh, as we get in more of our league rundown of what's been going on. There has been a lot of stuff going on. So for those living under a rock, Damian Lillard got traded. Finally, Uh, I'll just. He did. (laughs) I was like, bro, get off this podcast. (laughs) Uh, So here's how it went. The Bucks got Damian Lillard. It's a three-way trade. So the Bucks got Damian Lillard. The Blazers got DeAndre Ayton from the Suns. Tumani Kamara from the Suns, who literally no one's heard of until now. Um, they Blazers also got Drew Holiday from the Bucks, a first round pick um, from the Bucks, and then two pick swaps with the Bucks. And then lastly, the Suns got Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nasir Little, and Yosef Nurkic. Um, and so they kind of just added some depth there. And then also, once that happened, the Blazers flipped Drew Holiday 
to the Celtics. And so the Celtics got Drew Holiday. The Blazers got Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, a first-round pick from um, originally that belonged to the Warriors, um, and then a 2029 unprotected first-round pick from the Celtics. So what are your thoughts on the trades, the landscape in the East, all of it? You know, I I, I thought it was a, a good trade. I'm excited to see how the Bucks play this year. I think they're going to be insanely good. I think the Celtics are going to be insanely good. I will be honest, like we talked about a few weeks ago in my in the podcast when we talked about trade options for, you know, the guard position in for the Jazz. One of the guys I brought up was Drew Holiday, and I was like, I could see him being here for, you know, this year and next year something like that and really adding a veteran presence to our team. And it sounds like the Jazz also thought that they were really bought into it. I mean, Zach Lowe talked about it on his podcast. And so did and... Uh, Brian Windhorst on his. So, like, that's the those are two, okay, e- so like, yeah. two ESPN guys saying that the Jazz were in. So Pretty it, confirmed, right? Yeah, they legit were, and, uh, which and, is good. Uh, like, the Jazz are in all the talks, which is good. So Yeah. But, I mean, it sounds like, obviously, it just was not the way that it, it, it worked. <laughs> so, uh, a little sad there. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I mean... Just like the idea of a pick and roll duo with Giannis and Damian Lillard, it just sounds amazing. I mean, Giannis is probably a top five um, fast break player in the NBA, and then Damian Lillard is a top five half court offense player in the NBA. So together, like their offense is just gonna be crazy. Um, this is obviously the best team Damian Lillard has ever played on, and. Chris Milton's going to have less on him. I know last year he was injured a lot and he kind of struggled a little bit. And so just all the way around, like, um, I think it's just great for the Bucks. I mean, they're losing defense, obviously, with Drew Holiday. And, but other than that, like, I think Damian Lillard and his offense makes up for the defense that they're missing, you know? And li- funny thing is, too, Lillard made the comment last year. Like, they asked him, like, if they, he could play with one player in the league, who would it be? And he said Giannis, right? Yeah. And then Giannis, during the All-Star game, who did he pick first? He picked Lillard. It's almost so, like they knew it was coming or something. And he picked script, it, he picked The it NBA Lillard. script is real. It's so I'm real. Just kidding. <laughs> don't call it that, anyone. I don't believe it. <laughs> he picked... That's so funny because he picked Lillard over his own teammate, Holiday, in the draft. And yeah, usually, no matter what, you always see... The All Stars pick their teammates first in those kind of drafts. Hey, but in hindsight, look at it. Look hey, at he what did happened. pick his teammate. <laughs> he picked his teammate, and he didn't even have to pick his his other uh, the other guy. Yeah, well, not the other guy. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> speaking of Drew Holiday, on the Celtics side, basically their off season, they have trained Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon for Kristaps Porzingis and Holiday. So, essentially, they're banking on star power over depth. They trade a lot of depth, and, like, they're going to have to have a lot of guys step up. Like, Peyton Pritchard's going to have to step up. Luke Cornett's going to have to step up. But at the end of the day, like, stars is what wins the championships, like, in my they're opinion. They're the sons of the East. Yeah, literally. Like, that's the perfect comparison. Mm-hmm. They, they pretty much, their future is pretty much gone now. They're all in right now. Um, they don't have very much depth at this point, but their stars are amazing. Like a starting five of Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Al Horford, and Chris Epps Like 
I I think that might be the best starting lineup uh, in the NBA. Like that, the stars are so good, but they their bench is kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is a starting five worth. I'm actually kind of surprised. I like Williams a lot, Robert Williams, and I mean Al Horford's a little bit older than Williams now, so I'm surprised they took. I mean, maybe that's what the Blazers wanted, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I, I bet they didn't even. Williams I bet they didn't Al want Horford. Horford. Is my guess. Yeah. The only knock on Robert yeah. Williams is that he's just injured a lot. And so, I mean, best ability is availability, you know? So, true. Um, that might have been part of why they were willing to part with him. But yeah, I mean, I know that, like, he was really awesome for them. It'll be interesting to see his fit with the Blazers because now it's Aiton and Williams. Are they going to start two non shooters? Are they going to have Robert Williams come off the bench? Are they going to trade him? The whole Suns trade didn't make sense to me. Like, why would you get Nurkic instead of Aiton? The only thing I can think of is Aiton was just so sick of being a son. Like, he probably mm-hmm. quietly requested a trade, or they just didn't want to deal with him. And so now they have Nurkic, who's going to be okay with his role. Aiton was always demanding more touches. But yeah, that whole thing doesn't make sense to me. But anyway. Yeah. Um, the last thing I was going to ask you, who do you pick coming out of the East? Celtics or Bucks or someone else, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I want to say Bucks. I'll be honest. I love Giannis. I and feel Dame. like the real option. Yeah, and Dame. But I feel like I feel like the Celtics are coming out. Yeah, I just that is that team is stacked. They're so stacked. No, I totally agree. So I thought I thought we were gonna get in a heated debate, but no, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're like I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I thought that you were for sure going to say Giannis and Dave were going to take the Bucks to the finals, but no, I think they were going to for about two days. Until this trade. Yeah, yeah. but the, it's so funny because Drew Holiday is going to be, in my opinion, the reason that the Bucks don't make it after the Bucks traded him away willingly, you know? So anyway, no, I think that the Celtics, I think they're going to get there. And a, another thing is it was like the 2018 playoffs, I believe. It was the Blazers against the Pelicans when Drew Holiday was on the Pelicans and he like shut down Damian Lillard. He like forced him to have the worst playoff series that he ever had. And so then this year they're going to meet again in the playoffs. And I mean, in some Uh ways Lillard's more dynamic, but Holiday is just such a good perimeter defender. So it's anyway, like the storyline of the trade, like just the (laughs) storyline itself is going to make for such good drama, like such good basketball. So I'm stoked. If those two are in the Eastern conference finals, that would be awesome. Let's just say that hands down. I'll be watching all seven games because you know, it's going to seven. Yes, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) So anyway, I'm stoked for the season. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I mean, two other main comments from the, from the media day that would probably, you know, a bigger deal. So James Harden didn't show up to media day, didn't show up to the first day of practice. He's slated to, I mean, according to Woj, he was going to Colorado today to meet up with the team and he he should be in practice tomorrow. Rumor has it, I guess. Um, so we'll see if he actually does. We'll see what happens. By the time you're listening to this, you might, it might've already happened. Um, and then the other one, which I just thought was hilarious was our guy Jimmy Buckets <laughs> comes in with his new style so that my fantasy has just a funny-looking Jimmy all year long. 
So I love that. <laughs> Everyone go look up Jimmy Butler Media Day. It is hilarious. Funniest, funniest thing ever. And if you, did you see Bam when they're trying to take pictures? I don't think Bam so. Bam and Tyler Hero. You should look this up after. Oh, was it when they he was like just... Media Day is my Halloween? Oh no, no, no. this isn't. This okay. isn't during their uh, their um, actual interviews. This is while they're trying to take photos together. It was like Tyler Hero, Jimmy's in the middle, and Bam on the other side, and. The two on the outside just just could not stop cracking up. And Jimmy's just dying. Or sorry, sorry, uh, Bam's just dying. And Jimmy's like, bro, like, be serious, man. He's just he's just vibing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing to see ever. <laughs> Bam's like, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> like, these pictures are not gonna work. <laughs> That's that so hilarious. funny. Oh my gosh. Oh, and did you see Joel and Bead? Uh, he tweeted after both of these trades went down. He was like, "Well, this off season's been fun <laughs> because because <laughs> like while every team around him is getting even better, <laughs> he's just having issues with Harden just... and they're not making yeah. any moves. It's so funny. So oh, anyway, so the season's funny. gonna be it's gonna be epic. I'm so excited. The East is something else. I'll tell you what." <laughs> It really is. It's like so stacked at the top, and then it just really falls off after three or four teams. It goes. To, it goes down really low. It's like it goes all the way to the bottom at the uh, at the Wizards with Jordan Poole. Oof, Jordan Poole, <laughs> face of the franchise. Anyway, actually, you know, I'm curious. I'm gonna go look up his media day. I'm curious what he said. Oh yeah, we have to do that. Alrighty, alrighty. Well, I guess uh, I will talk to you later. And next time you hear from us, we will be talking about how our preseason games have gone. So we're really excited. Peace out, everyone. Mm -hmm. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Utah Jazz Beats with Sam and Peeps. If you're as passionate about the jazz as we are, remember to hit that subscribe button or follow the podcast so you never miss a beat. Stay tuned for more insights that will keep your jazz spirit alive all year round.